Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and before we hop into today's episode, many of you listening right now, in fact, potentially a majority of you guys listening right now, have not given us a five-star review and followed the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Doing this greatly helps us, and because you're already listening, it will legitimately take between five and ten seconds of your time, and you're already listening to the podcast, so I'd greatly appreciate you hitting the follow button and giving us a five-star review if you have not done so already. And then something everyone can do listening right now is share the show with a friend, a family member, a teammate, a sibling. Sharing the show with a friend is the easiest way in which we can grow and hopefully through growing, we can inspire and impact people in the process. Today on the podcast is the one and only Colin Solomon. I've been wanting to make this interview happen for quite some time, so I was absolutely stoked to have this conversation. For those who aren't familiar, Colin held PRs of 50 in the 400, 148 in the 800, 339 in the 1500, 356 in the mile, 833 in the 3200, and 1403 in the 5K cross country. Those were all his PRs in high school. He was also a multi-time Gatorade State Player of the Year in cross country and track and field, was the national uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in Cross Country in 2021-22, and was the 2022 Gatorade Male Athlete of the Year. Colin now competes for NAU, where he has contributed to the team immensely and helped their team to win their sixth NCAA championship in seven years this past fall. Colin is looking to do some incredible things on the track this spring. Uh, he recently ran 338 in the 1500, I want to say, and I can't wait to see what he does this season. Today's conversation is just a big reflection and recap on Colin's life and career so far. This conversation was so much fun to really dive into the performances that have shaped Colin and the runner he is today. We go all the way from his start in the sport up to present day, all the races and experiences that have left an impact on him. I love this episode. Colin was so much fun to talk to and it exceeded my expectations and I had big ones coming into it. I know you guys are going to be impacted and all the more motivated to chase after your goals after listening to this one so i'm stoked for you guys to hear it so without further ado enjoy my conversation with the one and only the man the myth the legend colin solomon colin solomon been wanting to make this one happen for since the beginning of the podcast how you doing man i'm doing great how are you doing good my first question for you the podcast will come out after this event happened but your brother aaron former podcast mm-hmm. guest uh, friend of the pod. He's racing a mile tonight. He told me he, he thinks he's in sub four shape. That's what he's going after. Any predictions? I mean, it's a bit bold because the podcast will come out ahead of time, but anything you want to put out into the world, what do you think he's going to do? Um, I think he's been training really well. I think he can go sub four. Um, it'll be, I just think he needs to go out there and just like compete. And I think if he just goes out there and just runs with it and he'll have, he'll have fun with it. And I think he can, I think he can definitely break four. I don't know how far under um he can go um if i'm gonna make just like a wild prediction i'm gonna say like 358 i think i think that'd be really good for him and yeah i don't really know i don't really know what to expect but that's just like a random (laughs) random prediction but i definitely think he can do it i think a lot of guys get in sub four shape or get in maybe national record shape or get in ncaa championship shape but there's a difference Mm -hmm. between getting in shape to do something and then executing on that could you maybe speak on that aspect as someone who's gone sub four you ran 356 as someone who has a national record you ran 1403 on the grass which ended up winning you a national title you also won a national team title this past season and ncaa cross can you take me through like executing on the day because to be honest with you just my opinion there are like so many high schoolers these days that are probably in shape to go sub four but doing it on the day is another thing yeah really like focusing on just like pretty much mentally preparing yourself is a huge part like you can be physically ready but um when the time comes you have to be like mentally ready like this is going to be hard um like there's a bunch of things that can go wrong but thinking about what you're going to do when things get hard that's how you that's how you execute on the day you have to think about what i'm going to do when when things aren't going the way i want them to um you can't just expect everything to be perfect and um just have like the race of your life every single time things are always in our sport things get hard all the time and you got to think about what am i going to do when they do get hard And i think that's how you execute at your best level no matter when whether you feel good or not in high school I know Sean is a big proponent of the mental side of running. And now in college, Coach Smith is 
hands down, like one of the biggest proponents of training the mental side. And I'm really close friends with Shannon Thompson, who works very, very closely with the team, a sports psychologist, mental performance counselor. So can you take me through your kind of mental journey within the sport of focusing on the mental side? And as you were kind of saying and speaking on realizing that the sport is more than just training physically, but you have to be prepared mentally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mom, the beginning of this cross country season this last fall, I feel like I had like a pretty rough start. I was kind of, I think, I feel like I was thinking the wrong things and like kind of just going along with it. Um, but like the more I talked to Coach Smith and Shannon about, um, about like just like how do I get through this kind of thing, like things started to pick up. Um, during indoor season, I tried to think about just like how many people, like just can I beat and not focus on time at all. And I feel like that helped during um, indoor a little bit. It was still a little rough there, but now I feel like I'm in like a really good spot of just like, just thinking about just like, I'm going to try and beat everybody, like as many people as I can. And um, I think that's really helped me. It really helped me at um, at Brian Clay um, this last this last weekend. And that was definitely my best race this year so far. So I feel like I'm getting in a good spot of just like having the mindset, just completely throwing time out the window and just thinking like, how many people can I be? I'm curious, how do you focus on your own personal goals and the goal you just stated of like focusing on the competition piece when you legitimately are like a prodigy and talked about uh, very frequently within the running community? Like, I'm curious, how do you deal with that sort of pressure? And how do you advise someone like Aaron who just won NXN like on that pressure? Because the more and more you win and the faster you run, that pressure is naturally going to come. So how do you focus on, you know, staying true to your goals and kind of tuning out the outside noise? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be like the faster you run, the more people like talk talk about you and like they expect these big things from you like every single race when in reality that's just like you're not going to have your pr every single time you race like that's just not the reality even like though that's what everyone expects so you just kind of just have to just ignore it honestly just don't look at don't look at what people are saying or just if if you do see something that people are saying just like don't even think anything of it because you just gotta you're just doing what you're doing like you're you're doing the sport that you love for you, not what other, not for what other people think. So that's how I think about it. It's like, I'm doing it because I love it, not because everyone else thinks I should be doing this. You talked about Brian Clay that happened last weekend. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say you ran 3.39 in the 15. Take me through that race. And also um, kind of an interesting element that you definitely had in high school, but you get a lot more in college where like you get to travel to California for like a race. What's mm-hmm. that like the component of like going to the race a few days before, hanging out with teammates um, and just like the aspect of running, taking you places literally. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool just running. Like you get to travel all over the all over the country right now and hopefully in the future, like all over the world. So it's, it's cool just to like drive, like we drove down to LA, like, like three days before the race. And we were literally just like hanging out like the entire time, just like we do our run and we just like hang out, like have dinner together. And like, we would just like talk about, we, we wouldn't even talk about running sometimes until we got like closer to the race. So just, just pretty much just like being relaxed and um, just not even having really to worry about it until like the day before when you're doing pre-meet and then when you get there. So it's just, it's fun being able to travel and just like have fun while doing it. Um, and then it ended up being, frankly, I ended up being a really good race. Um, I placed second in my heat and ran 338.3. So that was a second was a nice off. PR. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a nice PR from high school because I think I ran 339 and yeah, I ran 339 high in high school or something. So it's definitely good to see that I'm getting somewhere because during cross country season and in indoor season, I wasn't really seeing, like, I feel like I kind of took a step back, but sometimes in our sport, you have to take a step back to take a step forward. So um, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now and I'm ready to take more steps forward. So speaking of that, that transition into NAU, I'm just very curious from a practical standpoint, and I'm sure you've gotten this question before, but I'd like to ask it anyway of like, you went to like Big Bear for like summer training camps, but you've never been up to altitude for like a significant chunk of time. How was that transition, one from the altitude perspective, but also just like you went from, of course you had like Lex and Leo and Aaron to push you in workouts, but it's different when like everyone on the team is just operating on another level. Yeah, it's, it's it was definitely a bit of an adjustment. Um, I mean, we went up to, for like the last three years in a row in high school, we went up to Big Bear for like a month. So it's like a pretty good chunk of time, but it's not like enough to just like get like completely adjusted to altitude. 
Um, so it took me probably about like three to four months to really fully get adjusted and like hitting, hitting like my times up here that I, that I would at sea level. So it took me a little bit to get used to it, but, um, it's, it's honestly not too bad. Like altitude isn't as scary as people think. And, um, yeah, just being a part of like a team, like it has like a really completely different look on the sport was also kind of hard to get used to because I was so used to thinking one thing in high school. And then when they're preaching a completely different thing, it's just like, it kind of throws you off a little bit. So I think that also may have been why my um, start my start was like a little rough, but um, now I can kind of see both ways and I like really actually see like both perspectives. So I feel like knowing, knowing what I know now, like I think things are really starting to, to ramp up and I'm really excited for the rest of the season. If you're comfortable with doing so, can you speak on those differences of perspective and like how you kind of came to understand and be under the NAU perspective? Yeah, I feel like in high school, I really um, like time was kind of like a big deal. Like we were hitting workouts specifically like to hit a specific time. Like if I wanted to run like 356, I would be doing workouts at like 58, 59, like 400s and um, just really focusing on a specific time. And then in a race, I would go into it thinking like, I need to hit this time. But um, here at NAU, it's complete opposite. We don't even focus on time. We focus on like just beating people because beating people is what matters. It's not the time that matters. So I feel like at first, when I first got here, it was kind of a little bit different, like getting used to that. But like in workouts here, like we, it's like effort-based. So we're not like aiming to hit like a specific time. We're just aiming to like, just get really good effort in. So I feel like that was an adjustment that took some getting used to, but I think it's, it's been really helpful for me. And then you spoke on, you know, last weekend kind of being not a breakthrough performance for you, but like a validation that, you know, things are going in that upward trajectory uh, as compared mm-hmm. to the fall and the spring or the fall and the winter. What's that feeling like of, I don't know, not that the fall and winter were particularly like super, super difficult, like the places and times you ran will, you know, be better than 99% of the population. But like, what was that like still being able to be like, okay, you know, I got through those tougher times, hopefully I'm past them. And like understanding that the sport isn't always sunshine and rainbows, because what you were doing in high school was like truly monumental. Like every time you stepped on the track was like something crazy. So what was it like to kind of get through that rougher period and be on the other side of it? Oh, I think it definitely, it definitely helped me out just like as like a reality check, like, like things like things I don't really know how to explain it but like it's not always easy like it's going to be hard and like I feel like my senior year in high school was just like it was kind of like a dream almost like like I was hitting hitting times and like winning things that like I never really thought would be possible like my younger self wouldn't think would be possible and then to come here with like all that expectation and personal expectation on myself because like I, I was expecting myself to do like really big things. And when it didn't happen, it was kind of like a reality check. Like not everything's perfect. Um, I, I don't know if it was just like adjusting to like college life or there's probably a bunch of different factors that played into it. But um, just now being in like a good rhythm, like having a good rhythm with the team and like really being connected with the team. I feel like it's all, it's all kind of came together and um Right now, right, right now, I feel like it's come together very well. So um, I feel like I'm in a good spot and I'm um, ready, to, ready to go out there. I think something that Coach Smith and, and Shannon preaches a lot of is like uh, having a mindset of like process over the outcome. How much mm-hmm. did that mindset and that mindset shift help you through some of those tougher times and tougher races? Yeah, I mean, I was just trusting, trusting my training. So pretty much just like trusting my training is like a huge, it's a huge part of it. Not just like focusing on like a race, just like trusting, trusting that you are capable of, of just racing and going against some of the best in the NCAA. Like you just have to trust your training and the process of it rather than like this one race, like you have to do well at because some, you may blow up in that race, but you can have a good performance later on. It's just like trusting trusting the process of like just training and knowing that you have really good teammates to push you through that. What would you say are the biggest differences between high level high school running and NCAA collegiate running? Uh, Probably the intensity of like the workouts and the, probably the mileage. I haven't increased my mileage too much since high school. I'm still running like um, low to mid sixties. So that's about what I did in high school. 
but I feel like here, the intensity of the workouts, like you're doing more volume in workouts than you did in high school, just to like keep up with, keep up with the NCAA and people who can handle going fast for a long, um, for a long race. Um, so just really like the intensity and like the duration of the workouts, I feel like that's like the biggest difference for me. And then I'm, I'm very curious to hear your perspective on this past NCAA cross country season. While it probably wasn't this season you were hoping for individually, you ended up being able to help your team ultimately win their third championship in a row, uh, six and seven years, if I'm not mistaken, something crazy like that. So give me your perspective on that race, on that event specifically, you know, as the viewers know, like it came down to just the craziest like tiebreaker situation. Yeah, going into that race, uh, we, I mean, obviously, like there was all this outside noise saying like, like NAU's like just not going to win because we got, we got third, like at two really big races. And it was kind of a, a shock to us as well. It's like after Nuttycomb when we just got just pretty much destroyed and almost got fourth, I think. We just like really put our heads down and just went into a huge training block of just like consistency, consistency. And going into that NCAA race after a really good conference and regionals race, we like, we knew we were ready. Um, we knew that nobody else thought that nobody else thought that we could do what we did. And we knew that going into it and it just made it even more exciting. We're like, well, nobody else thinks we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Like it was, it was a, it was cool to see everyone come together at the late, at, um, late in the season and just really just be a team together and just focus on one goal and just going out there and just doing the best we can at the national meet. And it ended up being a really crazy tiebreaker with OSU. Um, those guys, those guys, bunch of respect. Like, I feel like they kind of think like we do, like just go out there and just, just race, just race. So that's what, that's what we like to do. We just like to go out there and race and not care about like place or time. We just want to, because if everyone races, then then you're going to place well. Like if everyone goes out there competing, like everybody's like, doesn't matter if you're competing for like first place or if you're competing for like 80th place. Like if you're like actually engaged in the race and competing, like it's going to be a really good team race. Okay. So one final question relating to like NAU and NCAA, and then we'll cover your high school career. This upcoming uh, spring, this upcoming season that you're in the midst of currently, you've run 338 last weekend, as you talked about. Like, I don't want to say, like, what are your goals? Because I think that's a bit cliche. But, like, what are you looking to do and where are you looking to improve? Doesn't even have to be an outcome standpoint. It could be a process standpoint. And also, like, just as a runner, as someone who enjoys the sport, what are some of those experiences you're looking forward to this spring? Um, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to competing at the regional meet and, if I can get a qualifier for NCAA nationals, um, just really, cause I already have my qualifying time. Um, I think it puts me like sixth, sixth in the region. So just to try and get out of my region and just compete there and see how well I can do there to get to the national meet. And if, if I get to the national meet, which, um, I thinking I really can uh, just compete there and see how well in the NCAA I can do. We just had a, a really good workout yesterday down in Sedona. Um, gave me a lot of confidence. I did, um, I did nine by 400 meters um, with four minutes rest. I think we went 56, 55, 56, 56, 56, 56, 55, 55, something like that. It was like they were all 56s, and then the second one, and then eight and nine were 55s. So it was a super, super good workout for a 1500 shape, and I did that with. Theo and Nico, so it's we're all in a really good spot right now, and yeah, this this season's it's gonna go crazy. I love that. Uh, speaking on those Sedona workouts, I think that's something that is unique to NAU, where like you know when NAU goes down to Sedona, like they're gonna rip some impressive workout, like you just stated. Mm -hmm. What's that kind of like? What's the mindset shift like when you go down to Sedona? Like you know you're gonna get after it, and what's like the atmosphere like at the track and you know within the workout? Like you can definitely feel the energy of a workout and the excitement surrounding it. So what are those like when you go down to Sedona? Yeah, whenever we go down to Sedona, it's it's not gonna be easy. Like we know that going into it, we have to like mentally just get up for the workout and know that it's gonna be hard. Like we hydrate the day before, hydrate the day of, like make sure we're recovered because Friday is like, it's like the big day. It's like the big workout day. So whatever we can do earlier in the week to be prepared for Friday, that's like, that's huge because you need to go into that with like a lot of resources of just like being recovered, being hydrated and just being ready for it, no matter what the workout is. So really just 
being ready for the workout because we never know what the workout is until like two minutes before. So we just, the only thing we know is that it's going to be hard and you just got to prepare yourself for that. Do you like knowing the workout two minutes before or do you wish like you would know like a week before? Probably two minutes before. I mean, I don't want to like just think about the workout for like a whole week and just being like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. It's good to just know like right before you start, like, all right, like we're just, we're going to do this right now. Like it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So that's how, that's how I like it. That's what, um, that's what my high school coach did last year. And that's what Coach Smith does this year. So you never know what the workout is until like you're on the line pretty much. You mentioned doing that workout with Nico, Nico Young and Drew Bosley, two of the top guys in the NCAA over the past few years. Uh, another guy, NAU alum, who's like around Flagstaff and trains with you guys, Abdi Haman Nur. Like what's it like having those guys among so many other incredible professional runners and, and people who are surrounding you? Um, like what's it like to, I don't know, not be mentored by them, but like have their friendship and their support and their guidance as you're trying to make your way up throughout the NCAA. You know, they experienced that a few years ago when they were in your shoes. So what's it like to have those people guiding you? Oh, it's really nice. I really like to talk to them and like ask them questions because right now they're like, they're the best in the NCAA pretty much. Like they're one of, they're some of the best athletes out there. And so to have them as like friends that I can just like talk to about, talk to about like running or not even running just have them as friends but um it's been it's been really helpful like they have a lot of experience under them and i just like i like to ask them for advice and they give really really great advice about just like trying to like just like getting through workouts getting through like tough weeks like they they are very helpful in like helping me like mentally prepare for the season and for workouts and stuff like that. One question, uh, one last question surrounding NAU favorite. Like, what are the what are the go to Colin Solomon run spots? Like, what are what are some of your favorites and what are some that like you you dread? You're like, oh, this is gonna be a tough run. Um, probably, I, I like to run. Um, it's it's one of the urban trails around here. It's just South Trail. Like, it literally goes right by the dorm room I'm in right now. And you can just go down for like five miles and then back. So I'd like to do that for like my medium long runs and just like my normal runs throughout the week. It's like a super nice, super nice trail, pretty flat, um, soft surface the whole way. So that's like probably one of my favorite ones that I do like all the time. And then um, a long run spot that we used to do during the fall. It was a 151 is what the I think the trail is called. It's... Um, you have to really get ready for that one because the first four miles are all uphill with like no breaks, just four miles straight uphill. And then you get to the top and then it's more like, it's kind of like gradual downhill. And, but that one's, that one's really tough to get through, especially for a long run. Um, that's probably the ones that, that I needed to like get up for before going into a long run. But, um, those are like those are some two of my favorite runs. Even though one fifty one is pretty hard, it's still <laughs> still a great scenic run. Right. Sometimes like the hardest runs are the most like rewarding and have the best views because um, they generally involve hills and like those provide awesome views. But taking it way back to the start of your running career, can you take me through when did you first get started in the sport of running? And also in addition to that, what were your first impressions of it? Okay. Yeah, I started running. I think when I was in fourth grade, I think my mom just like signed me up because I played, I played football the year before that. I was like a little scrawny kid, so I wasn't like any good. But uh, then my mom, my mom ran in college, so she's like, "Oh my, like, how would you like to do track?" I was like, "Okay, I'm like, all right." I just didn't really think anything of it. I was in like fourth grade, um, and that year I don't think I ever touched anything over the four hundred meters. I was like doing one hundreds, two hundreds, and like occasionally four hundreds. And the first couple of years I did it, I was just doing it for like the social aspect. Like I made friends and I just wanted to do it just to like go back and hang out with my friends. And then once I started getting into like middle school and stuff, I joined like middle school cross country, which is like two mile races. But that that's when I started like seeing like some potential in myself. Um, started running like pretty, pretty decent times for that age. And then when I got to high school, it was like just a huge shift. And I knew that like I was like really good at this. Uh, I think that was like my freshman year in high school and I really realized like like I'm really good at this. Like this is what I want to do. When was the first time you met Coach Sean and what were your first impressions of him? <laughs> well, the first time I like I met Coach Sean pretty much. I think I like maybe saw him at some races or just saw him around like a few times, but like the first time I really like talked to him was at practice, <laughs> like going into my freshman year and he was like my first impression, like some people were late and he was just like yelling at them. And I was like, 
this is going to be intense. Like this is going to be an intense coach. And then I was like, it was just funny. Cause I was like my first impression, I'm like, Oh man, he's, he's like crazy. He's, he's so intense. But as the years went on, he's just like, he's, he's a really good guy. He was, he was a really great coach and I'm like honored to be coached by him. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm just asking you any question that comes into my head. So I'll ask you this one that came into my head. Your four years of high school were so historic, not only individually, but as a team with Nico, with Aaron, uh, Lex, Leo, like all the guys that we could just, you know, go down the list of incredible runners at Newberry Park. You know, Sean, you know, he's now at UCLA. So his years at Newberry Park now that they're in the past, like, how often do you reflect on just how special those four years were? And I mean, I've heard this stated and I truly believe it. And I might be biased because of like my relationships with the runners on the team, as well as being a runner myself. But like that Newberry Park high school team, those four or five years, like the dynasty that you guys created has to be one of the most impressive in high school history. So what's it like to have experienced almost like a movie, a book, like during your four mm-hmm. years there? It's, it's really cool to like, to look back at now, now that I'm like in college and like those years are behind me now, it's cool to just look back and see like how special it really is because I mean, it was, the team was pretty much made up of like, at least last year, like two sets of brothers that just like, you don't really see that um, a lot in, in high school cross country. Like you don't see like two sets of brothers just like pretty much like the top in the nation, like on the same team, like that's just like, it's, it's rare. Like, I don't know if that will really ever happen again, but to just, to just look back and see like how well we improved over the years, like the year before I got to Newberry park, like they didn't even make the state meet in cross country. Like they, yeah, they, they were like eighth at um, sectionals and didn't even make it to state. And then the next year we got like six at NXN and it was just like, (laughs) I mean, it's real. it's crazy. Like we went from like this to just like this in like a really short amount of time. And then doing that, just like the expectation was just above and beyond from there. Like the next year, my sophomore year, we, we won by like four points at NXN. It was like the craziest national like team race at NXN ever, in my opinion, probably because I'm also biased, but, um, <laughs> um, and then just after that, like after Nico left, like Nico left a huge like legacy at Newberry Park and we all like looked up to him and we all wanted to do what he did and I think that just like helped like just bring the program up even more and just like we we were really focused on just like trying to be the best and like it was a huge like just mindset shift of like like we're we're not going out there just to run like we're going out there to like be the best we're going out there to win and it was it was a huge, I think it was huge. And coach Sean really helped like emphasize that he's like, he helped us believe that we're like better than like we could have thought we were. And he helped us believe that and he would like push us in like workouts and runs and just like pushing us to like pretty much our limits just so like we, we know like that we can do it. And I think that really helped like, especially my junior year and senior year is at least like bring push to my limits and then having the confidence knowing that I could do that in like races, I think really helped. So you talked about going from a team from not making the state meet to then like uh, your sophomore year winning NXN. Of course, you weren't there the year you didn't make the state meet. You were there the year after. But what mm-hmm. do you attribute Newberry Park success to and the rapid rise in growth? Yeah, I'd, I'd say a huge part of that success is definitely Coach Sean. He, I mean, like, before before he got there, it was just like Newberry Park was just like an average, like cross country team. Like like they just like compete at like league meets and then maybe sometimes make it to like CIF or something like that. And then when he got there, he just like just pretty much implanted the idea that like like you you guys can be like so much better than average. Like you guys can just he really like just put the idea in our minds of like you guys can be the best. Like if you really put your like mind to it, he's like, it doesn't matter like who you are. Like you can, you can run at like such a high level if you just like dedicate yourself and put your mind to it. So I think that really helps build the program up at the start and then just excel it even more um, as the years went on. So take me through the rise of Colin Solomon from the kid sophomore year who went out in front of Nico Young at NXN and the broadcast was like, who's this Newberry Park kid? to then the kid who won the national meet two years later. Like I, if, if from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like you utilized the COVID down period so much that you came out of it just an incredible version. Like you went from 
maybe a top national guy to the guy, you know? So take me through that, mm -hmm. that rise and that growth. Yeah. It's, it's funny looking back at that, at that video, seeing like myself pretty much leading the race because and I just thought to myself, like, I'm just going to try and get out and get a good position. And then I found myself like leading it for like 400 <laughs> meters. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like I see like Nico and like some, like, like the top, like seniors, like running right next to him. Like I am not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so I kind of fall back a little bit, but um, yeah, after, after that race, when, when Nico won by like a landslide, um, just, I just like really like looked up to that performance and wanted to just do what he did um, in my next years. Cause I knew I wasn't ready for it at the time, but I was like, I, I will like reach that level. Like I was just, it's just, I don't know. It's just like the competitiveness in me just like wanted to be the best, wanted to reach like that level. And I just, I just, cause that, that track year is when COVID started. So I didn't have like a sophomore track season. So um, we, there was just, nonstop pretty much like nonstop training and just like focusing on training for like months and months just until we can get our first race so i think with all that all that training and like confidence under us it just like as soon as it opened stuff opened up again we were we were like eager and we were ready to like just run super fast and i think that really helped is like huge huge amount of training and just like waiting being patient and then when the time came, we were like we were ready we were ready and it was it's really cool to look back at it now and just knowing that like all that training like paid off um for even though it sucked at the time because we all wanted to race when we got the chance we were just like we were ready and we were we were gonna we were gonna just go out there and just destroy people and then uh, my senior year is when i just like i really wanted to just go out there and see see what i can do because i knew that after my junior year like i ran 404 in the mile I was like, I want to see like if I can break four. I want to see how how far under four I can go, and just just like seeing how far under something you can get is like like you don't want to you don't want to set a goal for yourself because that'll just limit you. You want to see how far you can break it, and I think that that mindset helped me get to the top. Can you take me through that senior year cross country season, and then we'll go through your senior year track season. Uh, talk through that season as a whole and what it means to you looking back on it. Yeah, I mean, going into that season, we knew we wanted to do something just no one's ever seen before. Like we knew that going into it and at Woodbridge, I think that put like a really good marker indicator at where we were at because um, like we went one, two, three, four at Woodbridge. I think it went, um, it went like Leo, Aaron, Lex, then me. Um, and then so that kind of gave me motivation because I don't, I don't want to lose to them and then they don't want to lose to me. So it's just like, it's kind of like a, like a little little like slight rivalry within the team. Like nobody, like everyone wanted to win, but we were like, we were happy either way. Like after Woodbridge, I was like super happy that for Leo and Aaron and Lex who just like had like really good races. And I, I mean, I had a good race too, but I like, I did, I still didn't want them to beat me kind of thing. But, um, and then going into, to Clovis that year, like we all like went out together. We wanted to control the race through like two miles. And then just like the last mile, just, see who had it like the most pretty much and um i ended up i ended up winning that one which gave me like a lot of confidence going into postseason um and then i knew that lex and leo and aaron were like still like right behind me so it's really cool just to see us like just excel at like excel together pretty much and then the state meet um i think i was like two seconds shy of the state course record um set by german fernandez um who pretty much everyone knows. So, um, yeah, he had a really crazy, he had a really crazy record. People thought like would never be broken. And even though we didn't break it, we were like two seconds off. So just to, to have four, three or four athletes pretty much at that level of like one of the greats, like in high school running to have three people right there and one person not too far behind. It's like, we knew that we were, that we were deadly as a team and to have our fifth runner um, at the state meet place, what did you place like sixth or seventh or something at this, like our fifth guy placed seventh place at the state meet. Like we knew that we were in a really good spot going into the national meet and then going into, going into running lane, we just like, we just wanted to execute and just like pretty much just destroy people and see like, see how many people like our, our fifth guy can be our sixth or seventh guy can be. 
and they did a really good job with that. And then Lex, Lex, Leo, Aaron, and I like went out to control the race through two miles, and then just pretty much just closed that race like super fast. I think my last mile was like four nineteen or something. Like it was really fast in a cross country race, but with a half mile to go, I literally thought like. I felt like giving up, like it was super hard, but like, I'm never a person to give up. So I just like kept my head down, no matter how hard it was, just, just push and push. And then Lex Leo and I did that together. Aaron fell off slightly, but he still, he still placed like six in the race as our fourth guy. So like he was behind, he was ahead of like the top runners in the country as like our fourth guy. Like, it's actually crazy. Um, it's crazy to think back at that now, but yeah, that was, that was a, it was a great race. Like the kitchens were, were great and like everything. And it pretty much just, it was, it's like one of the most historic, historic races, like in high school, cross country history, like just having a team go one, two, three at a national meet. It's like never been done before. What were those moments like before the race, during the race, you know, exchanging the pace after the race, you know, hugging coach Sean and, and your family and your teammates, like, what were those little moments like looking back on them now and how special, like were those like little moments, you know, after the race, just being like so excited that you trained mm -hmm. months and months and months. You literally set a, off a whole month during the summer, like to train for the cross season. You woke up for like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. workouts, truly incredible stuff that most people wouldn't be willing to do to have all that work pay off. What were those moments like after the fact, realizing that, hey, you know, like this truly special thing that we've been dreaming about doing for years came to fruition? But it was, it was I can never, I can never forget that moment. I remember crossing the finish line. Like my legs were wobbling. I was almost falling down, just to be greeted by like Lex and Leo, just giving me like a huge hug and just smiling, just being so happy that like we did that together. And then watching Aaron come in, just like just slightly after us, watching him come in and just like him being super happy. And it was just like we just got to just we just got to experience like together like what like what we just did like honestly i didn't even know what time i ran like at all like i didn't look at the clock at all during that race and then after the fact when we all found out what we ran we were just like even more like we were going even more crazy because we, we had no idea that like we ran that fast and then when our when like our fifth sixth and seventh guy came in like i think they all ran under 15 minutes that day and it was like they came up to us and we were just all just super happy they were just super happy just to run to run on this team and just experience like what we did together. Like it was, it's like, it was, it's a great experience. I'll never forget it. How many years do you think it'll be before we see a team cross country, like a cross country team be as good as you guys were? Do you think you'll live to see another one or no? <laughs> that, you, I mean, you never know because right. like we kind of came out of nowhere, like technically, like we did, we went from like nothing, well, almost nothing to like, to being on like the national stage in like a one one season and like so you never know when a team like that will will pop up again um it might be like a few years from now it might be like decades from now i mean it's it you never know it, you you would love to see it happen because it just like raises the bar that much more um and just i would really love to see it happen i just don't know if like there will be another team that can that can do that like i'm saying that i'm saying that like humbly just like it's it's crazy what it's crazy what we did like i don't know if that can be touched again but if it is i would i would love to just watch that happen and witness that a more fun question that i've asked lex and leo before um those who like you know watch their vlogs or like follow the team know you guys cook up you know some nice meals up at big bear so i asked them the question who would win in a cooking show off uh, them, Lex and Leo versus you and Aaron. What's your take on this? Who do you think would win? Uh, easily Lex and Leo. Really? I, yeah, I can't really cook very, very well. And Aaron, Aaron doesn't really know how to cook very well either. Like <laughs> we, we just, it's just not something that like Aaron and I do. Like we just, I don't know. We don't cook <laughs> like they, I know they do it like all the time. So it's like, easy no-brainer like they would destroy us in a cookie in a cook-off <laughs> i was hoping for some confidence you just like boldly say oh we'd smoke them and then next time i do a podcast with lex and leo i could share that with them but i mean i can make i can make like one good meal like that's probably about it like but i know they can make like a bunch of different stuff so. 
So flash forward to the track season, um, indoors, you broke four for the first time. You were also a part of the four by mile national record at New Balance indoors. And then outdoors, Mm -hmm. you went 833 in the 32, 356.24 at the Prefontaine Classic in the mile, 339.59 in the 15, and 148.07 in the 800. You said earlier that your senior year track season felt like a dream. Take me through it, those races, those moments, those experiences. um, I think like at the beginning of January, we like we drove out to Arizona just as like a rust buster, like two weeks before going to New York. Um, I ran like 405 there and it was just like, I was like, it's not like what I wanted to do, but it was good to just like get like the tracks feedback. And then going into that indoor race, I just like I was in a, in a pro collegiate field. I was the only high schooler. Uh, I just, I wanted to break four, but also I just wanted to see like, how far up in the race I could place because like, I was like, I want to beat as many like professionals and collegiates as I can. And I expected to get like fifth maybe in the race. And I ended up, I ended up winning it cause I was, I stayed with them um, until like, I stayed with them the whole way. And I was right with like the top three with two laps to go. So I was like really confident in my ability to close. And um, I think I was hitting like, 60s the entire race and then i closed in like a like a 57 or something just because i was like confident i can do that and i didn't expect to win so when i like crossed the tape and like the tape was like around me i was like holy crap like i have no way i just did that and that was a huge confidence booster going into outdoor season and pretty much outdoor season was just like chasing records pretty much like looking looking back at it from my perspective now it's just like now I just kind of want to like see how much, see what I can do. But like back, like last year, I didn't really know any better. I was just like, just chasing records just to see how many records I can break. And um, I, I broke, it's, it doesn't count as like a federation record, but like the 3,200 record when I went 833. Um, and then I tried to chase the Alan Webb's record of like 353, but I probably just was not ready for that. Like I was, I was like, I was actually disappointed with myself after I ran 356 and like looking back at it, I'm like, I should have been like stoked and like super happy that I can do that. But at the time, like, I was just like, I was like, Oh, I didn't get the record. Like I failed kind of thing. But looking back at it now, I'm just like, no, that was, that was awesome. Like you did, you did the best you could like, just, just be happy with it. And then I, it was fun just like after I did those, um, so a little beforehand, just like running, just like, fast 800s just for fun just to see how fast i can go that prefontaine race take me through it specifically because uh for those that don't know the prefontaine mile every year is one of the most stacked races of all of professional track you know jakob ingebrigtsen was in it like ollie Hoare was in it i'm pretty sure uh timothy chariot like all the top milers in the world come together for this race it's like almost like the mini olympic mile um Mm -hmm. so what was it like to even be standing on the start line and like share some words with Jakob after the race. Like those pictures were cool. So, I mean, what was it like to, to experience that and be like, you know, I've quote unquote made it, but also like one day I can truly be competing with these guys. Um, it was, it was a little intimidating, you know, just being just like warming up for it. Cause you see all the, these guys that like are like really well-known professional athletes that have run like super, super fast. And I'm just like, the high schooler that went like 358 just like on the start line with guys who have run, run like 350 like four faster pretty much so the going into that i was just like all right i'm just gonna go straight to the back and see how long i can hold on and it got it got i was in last place going through 809 meters in like 156. like i was in last place doing that and i was like <laughs> oh man this is rough but i think i ended up closing in like two minutes like I, I pretty much like hit a wall after 800 well not really like a wall but like i could just really feel it being a lot harder than i wanted it to at 800 and i just tried to hold on tried to hold on i, I fell off a little bit but ended up beating one person at the end so i'm just i'm happy i i got one person and it was it was a great experience and definitely something i'm, I'm glad i did before going into college you talked about that competitive nature between you aaron lex and leo Newberry Park is known for like its incredibly challenging workouts leading into races. Can you think back to one specific workout where the four of you just elevated each other and you guys truly did something special in a workout that indicated to you all that you were ready through 
the breakthrough track season that ended up happening for you? I think before, like the main one that I can think of is like before Arcadia, um, when Lex and I went 834 and 835. Um, uh, Lex and I think Leo was still a little sick, so he was coming back. Um, so he didn't do like fully like the workout that we that we did. But um, I think Aaron may have had a slightly different workout because he was going to focus on the mile afterwards. But I can't remember like a specific workout, like all four of us, like really work together. I don't know. You can probably find like videos out there or something. It's just like, it can't, I don't know. It can't come to my mind right now, <laughs> but I know I did a workout with, with Lex, um, two weeks before Arcadia, or maybe it was the week before. I think we did, we did four by mile and we hit, um, I think we hit 412 for the first one and then like 416, 416, 416 just like super like at, like at that like 830 pace because that's what like we were shooting for and it got really hard but um we got through that together so that's that's when i think of like high school like a high school workout that just was like super awesome like that's what i think of just like being with lex and just hitting like 412 like 416 416 416 it was like super like i don't think we've i don't think anybody's had like um four by mile workout like that fast before and to do it with someone else was just like super cool if you could go back and uh give your high school self one piece of advice so you're only a year removed so generally i ask this question like people who have like been removed from the sport for years like professional runners or retired runners um what would you tell that version of yourself your high school self usually usually i would say like i wouldn't tell them anything just because like i don't i wouldn't want it to change like what what i did but probably just the one thing that maybe, maybe I would say is just like, just go out there and just, just compete. Like, don't worry about the time at all. Just go out there and just beat as many people as possible. Cause times, times come with competing. That's something uh, coach Smith, I think actually going back to that other question about like the most inspirational thing coach Smith has told me, I think it's just, just times come with competing. Like you can, everyone can time trial, but not everyone can compete. And if you just compete, like times will come with that. So I think that's probably the one thing I would, I would say to my high school self. I mean, my advice would just be just like, have fun with it. Just have, have fun doing what you're doing. And just like, pretty much just like, listen to your, listen to your coach. Um, just like, if you have like teammates you can run with, like make sure to be around them, like as much as you can, just so you can like experience, like experience it together and just like have fun while doing it because i mean like you can you can train like you can train like a madman and break all sorts of records and just like you're doing it like just because it's like business pretty much but like i think what makes it more special for me is like i had a team where like we got to enjoy these memories together like looking back on it you really like you really enjoy like the time you spent together and not so much like the the records or the times that you or that you race um, so just surround yourself with like positive, positive people who will help excel you, um, both in the sport and like in life. So one final serious question for you one final like accolade to go over. So in high school, you were the two time Gatorade state player of the year in cross country, 2020, 2021. You were also a two time Gatorade state player of the year in track 2021, 2022. And then you were the national Gatorade player of the year for cross country. It's like national. 2021 to 2022 something that i don't think has ever been done in distance running although i could be mistaken is you were named the 2022 gatorade male athlete of the year which is like all sports take me through that mm -hmm. final accomplishment many people are the state gatorade national player of the year like they have to pick someone in cross country and track because they're selections yeah. they have to pick a national cross country player of the year they don't have to pick a cross country player to be the top overall so what was it like you know winning that honor oh it was it was super cool. I, because I actually like did, did my research a little bit just because when Nico won like national athlete of the year, national Gatorade athlete of the year for both cross country and track, like he was the first male athlete to, to win it in like technically two different sports. He was the first male athlete to like ever do that. So I was like, like, there's no way he's not going to get it. Like, and then when they gave it to a football player, I was like really disappointed. I was like, come on, like Nico has like, he, Nico has like this record, this record, he has this title, this title, and like he didn't get it. And you know, I was like, 
it like kind of kind of made me a little angry like little sophomore of me being like a little angry that nico didn't get it but um yeah and then i did um some more research and like the only in the all the years that they've been doing that award only three um sports have ever won it and it was the big three that everybody watches it's like football basketball and baseball like only those sports have ever won the overall award so going into it i didn't really expect anything i was kind of just like and then hearing like the football player and like basketball player and like like their accomplishments i was like all right yeah like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna enjoy the show i'm just gonna sit back not really care i'm just gonna have a good time and then when i when at the ceremony when i heard my name called i was like actually in shock <laughs> like i was like what like did did jj watt just say my name like are you are you serious because <laughs> i expected it to totally go to them and just like i was like super i don't know i, I it's still it's still cool just to think back and just be like like how did that even happen kind of thing but like if you think about it like like i really did have like a super great season and like people said like oh yeah you like you like you deserve that award i was like i didn't expect it though <laughs> Colin, this interview has been a ton of fun, but to top off every episode, I ask every guest this question. The question is, we talked about food earlier, and you said you make one good meal, so I'm assuming this will be your answer. But nonetheless, the question I ask every guest is, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Um, I, would, I would choose to make um, the double stuff, like baked potatoes with brisket at the Ooh. bottom. Um, yeah, my, my, dad, um, my dad taught me how to make that, and we did it a lot last summer and I want to make some more again this summer. Um, it's like one of the only good meals that like I know how to make because like, I don't know, my, my dad would taught me and it's something that like he likes to make and it's something that now I like to make. So yeah, double stuffed baked potatoes with, um, yeah, with brisket and you add like some horseradish and like some bacon bits and maybe some cheese at the top. So it's like, yeah, uh, that's probably the, the dish I would make. Dude, you're saying that doesn't compete with Lex and Leo? Like, I know the stuff they make, and that sounds just as uh, good. Okay, that dish could probably compete, but, like, anything else, like, definitely not. <laughs> well, Colin, been such a pleasure having you on the podcast and, and truly doing a deep dive into your career. Thank you so much for doing this, and best of luck with all future ambitions. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.